is where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and Shop HQ celebrity, Victoria Wick. Welcome to another episode of the Million Dollar Hobbies podcast. I am so excited to have uh, a very, very dear friend, uh, my friend, Michelle Lau. I've known her for decades uh, when we both used to, uh, well, I didn't work at HSN, but she did. She was a HSN host and I was a guest at that time. And that's where I first met her. And from the very first moment uh, I worked with her, I had, you know, it was just like love at first sight. She just had the incredible energy um, combined with that down to earth um, charm um, that she had an amazing smile. So before uh, I get really deep into this, because I could talk about her forever, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. She's an amazing show host, a former talk show host, um, currently with, she, you can see, catch her shows on QVC, but also uh, just an amazing person. And you're going to find out a few things about Michelle, uh, for those of you who are diehard fans of her still don't know. Anyway, Michelle, welcome to, and by the way, Michelle is very involved in the jewelry business. Um, she sits on the board of the International Jewelers uh, Association, Women's Jewelry Association, and you know she's uh, uh, really respected in the industry as well, both for show hosting and jewelry. Thank so you. So Michelle, welcome to the show. That was a long, long- Thank uh, you. Uh, and thanks for the nice introduction. Oh, that yeah. was sweet. I appreciate it. So I guess um, for, I'm going to get into your journey and all that a little bit later, but uh, for those of, uh, for those people who don't know what it's like to do a TV show day in and day out for, I don't, you've been there for 25, 30 years, probably at least 25 years. (laughs) Um, So what is it like to be behind the microphone? I mean, do you guys get nervous? Uh, I know that you, especially the uh, show host there, you got to entertain guests, you know, like uh, sometimes our guests can just talk on forever and some of them are just nasty. Some of them are really nice and charming and you get lost. So <laughs> what is it like to be behind the microphone? Uh, do you get nervous? Do you get excited? All of the above. What is it? I get nervous every single time. Isn't no that way. crazy? Seriously? It never gets old. Okay. Yeah, every every single time but I'm just kind of a nervous person to begin with you know <laughs> so I always have to take a deep breath kind of center you know and um and I go forward from there but it's different um hosting than it is guesting like I'm doing now on QVC so that's a whole other conversation for another day but it's a different cadence so I have a big respect for when I used to work with you and you were my guest um for what you did and how gracious you were in in your part of it, it was really awesome you know, that's really ama- uh, shocking to me because you would think that after 25 years of being on the microphone and, you know, it's not like we were just um, when you talk about 25 years, it's not like, you know, weekly shows that go up 25 years. I mean, they're on there like what a season is what, eight weeks or 12 weeks or whatever. But I mean, we're there Monday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every single week for a whole year. And that's, you know, th- there's no other business like it. So it's a lot. To um, So those of you who are listening right now, you know, what I got from Michelle is that when you care about something so much and when you love something so much and when you care about 
your customers and you want to, I mean, I will have to admit that she is a little bit of a perfectionist, but when you love something (laughs) so much that you still get vulnerable, you would think that after 25 years, this is natural. I think, right? Yeah. No, I think if you're authentic with what you do Mm -hmm. and you really do love your audience, I think that it's natural to feel vulnerable or to feel nervous every single time, because it's like, you're really opening up a lot of yourself to a lot of people, you know, and what do you share? What do you not share? How much do you share? You know, these are all things that go through your head because the name of the game in what you and I have done in TV shopping over the years is the product is the star. So, you know, you want to make the product the star, but people still want to know who you are because at the end of the day, people want to buy something from someone that they know and that they like and that are like them. Yeah. That they trust too. Trust. Absolutely. I think that's why I think that you and I had such a connection uh, from the very first time we worked. Um, you know, I, my career in TV goes back, I don't know how many years now, but I think I have worked with a lot of people. I work with a lot of show hosts, lots of producers, associate producers. I mean, it's amazing how many people I've worked with. And I've been so blessed to have worked with the best and, you know, work with just everybody, just getting that diversity of uh, opinions and approaches. But I think that when I look at you, um, you know, you you prep so much. And I think, and I know you're a very private person. You're not like, oh my God, you know, here's what I had for breakfast. I mean, it's you're a very, very private person. So <laughs> I agree with you that um, sharing any part of us, number one, feels like who cares? I mean, for me, I'm like, who cares what people thought I had for breakfast or whatever, you know what I mean? Who cares? Number two, <laughs> It could sound braggadocious at some point, even if it's something mm-hmm. small. You know, if I said, oh, my God, I had a great day yesterday, it sounds like it could be braggadocious. But also, um, I mean, I'm very private and I don't like sharing a lot of my life because I feel like, you know, because we're in the public eye, that some parts of us have to be we have to be able to hold on to something. And so what is the balance that that is really tough. But the other thing I want to get at is whether you're on TV or whether you have a small business or whether you work for a very large corporation, I think the the workload for success, I mean, if if you want to be successful at something, you have to grind it out. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. when you see Michelle's lovely face and her infectious smile on TV and she's going over methodically all the things that should matter to you that, you know, that you can't see across TV and how it makes her feel, um, maybe people don't realize how much work that goes into preparing for the show. And I want you to talk right. about that because you are really guilty of um, over-preparing. <laughs> I mean, you really do. I, I would say there's maybe one or two people that have come close to your level of preparation in all the years no. I've been in TV. I take that as a big compliment because I feel like it's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to build, like on QVC, I'm the diamond and gemstone, one of the gemstone experts there, but I'm in particular the affinity, affinity diamond expert and the firelight lab grown expert. So I feel like it's my duty, my responsibility to be as prepared as humanly possible. Also, you know, because I am vision impaired and some people might not know that, but I am uh, legally blind. I feel like I have a mission or a duty to be able to describe things thoroughly enough so if somebody like me is on the other side of the TV, 
they can still see in their mind's eye what I'm talking about. Because that customer is important to me, but it's a customer I want to make sure I cater to. So, you know, I do, I over-prepare, but you know, I like to under-promise and over-deliver oh, yes. and I like to be overly prepared <laughs> Yeah, at yes. the very essence of what I do. That's what I like. Yeah. You know what? So did you guys hear that? Did you hear that? You know, Michelle is legally blind. She, she has extremely poor eyesight and you would think that that would be something that would be a huge obstacle in our business. First of all, in the TV business period, and then in the jewelry business, especially the fine jewelry end of the business, and on QVC, I mean, they kind of set the standard for a lot of things. So when you look at, when you listen to what she's saying is, I mean, she's having to describe the smallest little de- detail that you cannot see, and she's having to not only describe what's there, um, but it, it would, you know, I know uh, I I sat next to a host that would read those spec sheets, you know, all the hosts are given like cards, you know, they, somebody else prepares for them, they read the stuff. Um, you, I, I noticed like you kind of just feel it. You feel the jewelry, you feel how that makes you feel. You feel, and to me, it's like just amazing because to me, when I design jewelry, uh, and a lot of people have told me about my designs and how it makes them feel. To me, it's not about what it looks like. It's not about carrot weight so much. It's about how it makes you feel. Does it make you feel? Absolutely. Special? And I, yeah, exactly. I think that's the heart of it, don't you? Yeah. It, yeah. It, oh, it's all sure. about emotion. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not about selling a product. It's about being no. involved in somebody's life. And yeah. um, I was, I am on the international board for the Women, Women's Jewelry Association. And so for their Women of Wisdom Wednesdays a few months ago, they asked me for a quote. And, um, Uh, that is really at the heart of it to me. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's an emotional invitation into somebody's life, a literal invitation into their life. If they're buying an engagement ring or they're buying, you know, something that is celebrating a landmark in their life. Again, it's a part of a responsibility. And I remember when I said that on that women of Wednesday, um, somebody came back and go, Whoa, that's really heavy, but you know, there's a way to do this job and there's a way to do it well. And I think what you do, Victoria, is you really, and I hope, that I can somehow come to that level. Um, we make it better. We make it easy to understand it. Right. And right. we make it relatable so that that message does get through. And so it's more than jewelry to me. It's art. It's a moment in time. It's some, it's a connection it's to another human being, which we're it's history. And we yeah. all crave that so much, you know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. You know, I, I think like the history. Yeah, and I love that. And I love um, having this moment with you on my show because we don't get to, when we are on TV, we don't get to talk about this. You know, we really, we are, we really judge mm-hmm. on a dollars per minute or whatever. And so, you know, you're going, you also have to respect the customer. So we're going over the description and stuff, but we never actually get to see um, what the show host, I mean, every show host comes to the show with some intention. And I think, you know, with Michelle, um, it is about sort of sell. You know, I find it uh, when remember when I used to be on HSN, people used to call me and they say, you know, I'm wearing this for my son's wedding, or you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the the mother of the groom or mother of the bride, or you know, it used to bring tears to my eyes that they chose my piece. Those are the best to, moments to an mm-hmm. event that is life-changing for her. You know, at that moment, she's inviting yes. a new family member coming in and that of all the things I could buy that they would choose my pieces, that was such an honor. And I think that I look yeah. at jewelry as, um, uh, you know, it's, it's like your diary, it's your history. It's how, 
you know, I forgot to tell you this, but my daughter, um, one day my, my daughter went to visit my mother-in-law who is celebrating, a, she celebrated her hundredth year birthday last year. And my mother-in-law wow. gave, gave my daughter um, a bracelet that she was given as a teenager. So this was like, you know, 80 year old bracelet, you know, she was given as a teen, teenager because it belonged to her grandmother. And do you know that the piece looks pristine like it came out of the factory yesterday because nobody wore it. It was just so precious to, to them that it just went Prized. on history forever. And, you know, and she's got this picture of her great, great, great grandmother that she had never met wearing this piece when she was a teenager. I mean, this is a kind of uh, family history, family heirloom that, you know, we were talking, whether you're talking infinity diamonds or, you know, anything else, I just feel like that that is a responsibility that we have. And so I know that, yes, it's a business. And yes, when you're working for a huge, you know, TV networks that, that you do have to deliver the dollars and so forth. But uh, within that framework, within that job description, we can still really convey that, you know, the importance of, you know, cause jewelry is one of the few pieces when you buy it, you never throw it away. You never, I mean, right. I, I give away my- Well, story. there are some jewelry pieces that you buy them for a temporary reason, yeah, for sure. you know, yeah. that you might buy them. Yeah. And so those are something that are, it's really completely different. You know, yeah. that's where you buy costume or where you buy yeah, like right. a CZ or something like that, right. where it's just yeah. affordable, but for the the special moments, you're exactly right. Yeah. It's got to be something that resonates on a different level. And I think as presenters, as TV presenters and hosts and guests and whatever you happen to be in the equation that day, <laughs> I wear yeah, a lot of different yeah, hats. Yeah. Um, I think you tailor it or you change, you know, you change your approach that way. But yeah. it's challenging when you are on television or you are a presenter. It's challenging to resonate with different customers too. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, you want to yeah. connect with someone that might be just getting married, you might want to connect with somebody on their 10th anniversary, you might want to, right. you know, connect yeah. with someone who's starting a new life, you know, so you have but to now, think about that without having the kind of feedback from yeah. them face to face. Exactly. Now, let's go back to um, your journey. Now, I know that, um, you know, you, you're very challenged um, with your eyesight. And I was actually, um, when you came and visited me here in uh, San Diego, uh, not too long ago, I think, and you were trying to get your GIA. And I thought to myself, oh my God, like, you know, that GIA uh, exam is brutal. Absolutely brutal yeah. for anybody with perfect eyesight. Cause you have to sight identify <sighs> every single gem. I mean, it could be uh, a synthetic stone. It could be, you know, uh, like a sapphire, it could be canterbury, it could be whatever. Um, and you have to sight identify it. And if you miss one question, you get to start it all over. So for somebody right. now, this is a really important part of my story, too, because you're yeah, right. For yeah. someone that is legally blind. Yeah, it was um, incredibly frightening for me, mm -hmm. almost debilitating to go into that program. And I think I, I remember because I remember I, that day. I trusted you with that. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> did the muffins. The, we had the muffin therapy. Yeah. <laughs> We did therapy. the muffin therapy and those muffins oh as big as our head. So, I mean, it was huge, but go ahead. We got to go back there. I need we a little will. more muffin therapy. Mm -hmm. Actually, I probably need a little less muffin therapy, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, that was um, my, my journey with the Gemological Institute of America is, is very, very personal. It's a little painful. It's uh, humbling. It's uh, you know, all of those things because I started it. I started the whole program just because I was interested in it. When I was at HSN, I did some jewelry shows, but I really wasn't viewed as, you know, a jewelry 
host. I was an Mm -hmm. overall host, but I always knew that I had this passion for jewelry, right? So I started back then taking classes with the GIA, got my AJP, which is the preliminary degree, right? And thought, well, I really love this. I want to keep going. But to your point, I now had completed everything I could complete except for the final graduate courses. Mm-hmm. So like I'm a color gemstone graduate, I'm a diamond graduate, I, you know, I'm pearl expert, all of that, but it's that last and final exam. And you know, I have not passed that exam. There oh, are no. sometimes, mm-hmm. there are sometimes with your limitations that you're dealt with, that you have to come to the realization that you can go as far as you can go and you right, have to make right. peace with that. Mm-hmm. But because I can't see, you know, physically see <laughs> inclusions um, or all of the inclusions, I could see a good number of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to come to the to the realization that I won't maybe be able to realize that graduate gemologist mm-hmm. um, certification. But I am a diamond expert. I am a color gemstone expert with the GIA, and that's going to be what's going to be enough for me. But you know, so I, I may go back, you know, I'm tempted to try it again. But you know, I did I did damage on that visit to my vision, in trying to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. And I think if I can make 80% of my goals, I'm doing pretty well in my life. Well, I think you, you should come out here for the muffins, even if you don't. <laughs> they were good. But, <laughs> I but, listen, should. But, but I'm but what I'm hearing here, um, you know, those of you who are listening to our voice here, and I just want you to get what I'm getting out of this. I mean, you know, we're having a lot of fun here, but here, Michelle, by the time you have to understand, by the time Michelle was coming to the GIA, she had already been doing jewelry for 23 years or so on TV making a darn good living. She's been through all the different networks. Her accomplishments are very impressive. So at what point, I mean, her uh, desire, the hunger for knowledge, desire for perfection, desire for excellence, all of these things just got brighter and brighter and the fire inside her burns even brighter long after uh, what's absolutely seemingly, and what's seemingly to be the plateau you know you're sitting on top of the mountain and you should just be enjoying the air but you're sitting there for the next hill to climb and I think that's really admirable of you and um, and that's what I love about Thank you because you. you never stop um, which is you know which is really amazing um, and I think that <laughs> I think that that's, well, it takes one to know one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that's how you, um, you know, the, the, the love affair you have with your audience, you know, with the people that tune into you. And I think that, you know, I just wanted to point out, highlight what is behind the pretty face and, and the voice. I mean, it's just, just nonstop work, preparation, um, learning. I mean, when you went to the GIA, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of the things you learned there, they weren't new to you. I mean, oh, my I, gosh. I mean, yeah. You probably, oh, no, but there was so much that was. Too, well, what I was gonna say, yeah. What I was yes, going to say, I, there's, a lot of the things that were, that were not new to you, you knew this. But for you, even if you could just learn two things, that would have been worth it. But what happens is when you have this curiosity, yes. because your mind is so open, you're going in with the intention of finding out, I don't know what I don't know. So I want to learn everything about, you know, everything there is. And so when you do that, you're like a sponge, you know, you end up with so much more because you get so much more out of that. And I love that about you. And I, I wanted our customers to, you know, understand 
I think a lot of times, um, and I, you know, when I talk to our viewers, I mean, I, pe I meet people at the airports, at conventions and all the places. And I met somebody at a podcast convention the other day, you know, like I, I met like a lot of people who had seen me on TV. Maybe they think that designers like me, they can understand like how we work hard, we design pieces, we source the stones and, you know, we respect that and we're vulnerable. But I don't think they see show hosts as, you know, they think that because the designers do a lot of the talking of ourselves sitting next to you guys, I don't think that they see the, how much prep work that there is on your part, mm -hmm. you know, because. Yeah, even as far as um, uh, like the people that support me, Mm -hmm. um, within the organization, even more so than what they might know. Like, I'll give you a physical example of it that happened not too long ago. You know, it's a really competitive industry. There's always oh, a yeah, lot of, sure. you know, and I'm just not, you know, I'm like, there's plenty of success for everybody. I welcome, you know, people's successes and I like to celebrate that, but not everybody's sure. like that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> a buyer that I had, uh, who's not my buyer anymore, uh, came to me one day and said, listen, this person said, the reason you're so successful, Michelle, is because you only have to focus on diamonds. That's the only thing you have to do all day is just worry about the diamonds. And this person was saying the reason they were not as successful as I have been is because they have all kinds of things that they had to be ready for at the same time. And she said, how do you react to that? She goes, is, he, is this person right about that? And I, you know, I took a breath and I thought about it for a second. And I said, well, you know, I said, I guess it depends on what you do with your category. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how true are you to being an educator, to sharing yeah. information, yeah. to being a part of your customer's life? You know, how true are you to that? If you're just going out there and smiling and nodding and, and yeah. just saying, isn't that a pretty red ring? Are you doing your customer a service? And I don't think yeah. so. It's yeah. like if you go to a podcast or you go yeah. to a seminar yeah. and you and I have been to some great seminars lately, yeah, right? But you go there and if you go there and you're listening to a speaker that's just basically telling you, you know, simplistic or general things, they're not being specific. I don't find that nearly as valuable no, no. as um, some of the speakers that we've listened to lately that really yeah. give me good tangible information. Yeah. So I strive always to try to give like really good information. And I think you do the same thing, Victoria, in your designs. You don't, you don't look at what's, and I hate to put, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I've observed that you don't just follow what's happening as far oh, as no, a trend no. goes. Yeah. You're constantly trying to, you know, create an evolution to do yeah. something that's fresh. And so I try to bring, I don't bring the same stuff to the table. I try to make something new. I try not to be repetitive because I think that this is how we all grow together. Well, I think by well, sharing information. Well, Michelle, I think uh, first off, I, you know, I may be very presumptuous, but I, I will tell you this. If you're authentic, the authenticity is one thing. I mean, how many you know, I, you don't have to answer that because it'd be pretty tough to answer. How many celebrities have we seen come and go through all the networks, right? They, a lot. You know, a lot of a them, lot. Uh, we know the few that actually have survived. And they, the few that survived, I mean, they worked mm -hmm. their brands. But a lot of them come through yes. and like, oh, you know, all I got to do is show up and look pretty. And, you know, I'm so-and-so and, you know, people are going to buy everything because I'm wearing it. It's not the way it works. So I think the... Mm -mm authenticity is never is never something that could be faked uh our customers see through that 
And I think people right. buy something. I mean, I've learned over the years, people buy something from you if they trust you, if they like you and they trust you and they got to trust you for two things. Number one, they have to trust you that you're not going to lie to them for one, uh, that you'll be genuine to them. But the second thing they have to trust you with is knowledge. I mean, yeah, I love to buy my Finney diamonds from Michelle um, on QVC, but would I buy a car from her? I don't know. She can't even drive. So you know, I wouldn't buy a car for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't so been able you, to drive for 30 years. If you years, come up so and talk about, you know, how you're a car expert <laughs> and you, you got this little sheet, it's not going to ring true. Right. So I think that mm-hmm. uh, our desire to be authentic and, you know, I know you're like this. Hey, if you don't know something, you're not going to sit there and go, you know, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'm just, you're not going to fake it. You're going to say, you know what, let me get back to you on that. I want to be make, I want to make sure that I give you the exact information you need. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit uncomfortable telling you X, Y, Z when I don't know for a fact it's X, Y, Z. So this is why we overprepare for, for things. And I think that the, yes. uh, the authenticity and the, because, you know, people will forgive you if you make a mistake or two, people will forgive you for not knowing everything, but they won't forgive you if they think that you're being misled. So I think that that's, um, you know, th- that's really a key to your longevity as well. Um, now let's go back and talk about, like we, we talked a little bit about you overcoming um, your eyesight. I mean, to me, that's a, um, a, a very, very challenging obstacle for anybody in our business, right? But you refuse to let it interfere right. with your life goal. You refuse to let it interfere with, you know, with your, I mean, most people that are listening to us right now probably don't even know that you have poor eyesight. I mean, we both wear glasses, but I mean. And yeah, to- a lot of people are surprised. Thank God it's not obvious. Yeah, yeah but a yeah, lot too. of, and I, again, I want to be an advocate for this because a lot of handicaps are not seen, you know, right. oh, and sure. it's really easy to, to be sensitive to somebody that has a handicap when you can see it, but you have to really be careful um, because a lot of them are not seen. Um, I got diagnosed very late. I have retinitis pigmentosa, and this isn't about me, but I want you to know I was in my thirties when it happened and I fell down a flight of stairs. And um, I didn't know that my vision was any different than anybody else's when it happened, but I fell down a flight of brick stairs (laughs) in Minneapolis and really hurt myself. And I was laying there and I was, I had to really get honest with myself at that moment. And I thought, you know what? I did not see that those stairs. Mm -hmm. And so I went in and I was diagnosed and I was already in TV at the time. So what do you do? I mean, this is something I love. I like to think I'm pretty good at it. I was hosting, hosting a talk show for WCCO up in um, Minnesota at the time a regional um, show. And um, I had, luckily I had people around me that loved me and believed in me and knew that I could do the job, whether I could see as flighters or not. So you make accommodations, but yes, we need to learn to like, I know I couldn't pass that test. I have to pivot. You know, I have to use yeah. the tools that I have yeah. mm-hmm. to project myself further. Yeah. But you so know, if it means studying a little extra hard. Okay. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people who are presenting jewelry, 90% of the people who are presenting jewelry don't have never been to the GIA. So, I mean, you're, you've got no, a I huge know that. leg up there as well. I mean, for 90% of the people who are jewelers out there yeah. have never been to the GIA. So, you know, good for you for, you know, right. really. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yay me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to really get over that poor me thing because yeah. I, you know how badly I wanted that degree. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I could explain everything that I was supposed to be seeing. Like mm-hmm. if somebody said, what are you supposed to be seeing in a synthetic sapphire? I could explain it to you. But physically mm-hmm. working in the microscope was very uh, uncomfortable physically for me. Yeah. 
and oh, just not sure, possible. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, but I mean, see, but you gave it a, you gave it a valiant try, right? You, you gave have it to, try. you got to try it. You, you got to try mm-hmm. it. And, Cause if and, you don't, you never know. And you learned, I mean, and by the way, that exam, if you miss one question out of, you know, and I, let me tell you, I personally I don't know it too. Can I tell you something? Two. I personally don't know anybody who's passed it the first time. I mean, I know several people that have to take it several times and they have perfect vision. So that's yeah. great. Now, my other question um, about uh, empowering women. Now, I, you know, I find that women don't like to ask for help, um, not just in TV, but just everywhere else. You know, we are nurturers. We're the first ones to offer our help to other people. But when we need help, we don't ask for help. You know, we think like we, um, you know, oh, that's too much of a burden for them or so-and-so is busy or, you know, um, I don't want to bother so-and-so. So, you know, uh, we don't ask for help. Um, I'm asking all of you who are listening right now that there are plenty of people like Michelle out there that if you just reach out, she'll make time. I make time. Busy people make time for other people. Uh, you know, and um, yeah. <laughs> we're major believers in uh, rising tides lift all boats and nobody does anything alone. You really do need a village. And so Michelle is involved with, um, you know, organizations that actually empower, help and network with other women. So if somebody wanted to, you know, know more about becoming a jewelry professional or being in the industry of jewelry, and because jewelry is a tough industry to get into, really, to be, think about it. You know, it's an old archaic industry. Uh, it, it's a two thousand year old industry out there, and you know, it's it's a it's a maze. It's not. It's a very difficult from outside coming in. So, um, what advice would you give to someone who wants, you know, a young person who wants to actually come into this business? Yeah. Well, actually, for any woman that wants to come into the jewelry business, I I fell into a, just an incredible organization, and that is the WJA, the Women's Jewelry Association, and they've got chapters all over the country. But um, we um, have a lot of resources. I mean, for women at all different kinds of levels, there's executive coaching that's available for free. There's um, an advocate program or we, a mentorship program, where if you are somebody that wants, you know, to build a network and or to learn how to be on TV or whatever it is, you can go and you can choose a mentor and they actually will hook you up with somebody that mm-hmm. is in a career path that you're in. There's um, scholarships and grants that are available through the foundation arm of the business. There's corporate sponsorships available. There's all kinds of speakers. And um, it's an amazing, go check it out, you know, at WJA.com because there's just always something going on. I mean, um, the more I get into it, the more I see that there is there for Mm -hmm. people like me or people like, you know, uh, someone just out of college that wants to become a designer, for example. So there's a lot of great resources through WJA. Okay. Well, sounds great. Uh, Michelle, I know that if you... If you want to catch Michelle, you can see her, you can check her, you know, the TV guide on um, uh, QVC and you can catch her shows and it's, they have amazingly beautiful jewelry. It's, it's a fun experience. You know, she makes it really fun. You almost are not going to turn it off until she's off. But if they want to find <laughs> out, you. Uh, you can go to QVC.com and, you know, check Michelle out. But if they want to find out more about you, like what do you do off time and they want to just connect with you, you know, uh, what, you know, I mean, do you have recipes on your, on your website and all that or? Because uh, I've got a little bit of everything there. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Is that Michelle.com? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, michellelau.com, or it's probably just as easy to find me on Instagram or on Facebook uh, and okay. just PM or uh, PM me there. Yeah, at, and that's Michelle Lau for QVC. It's Michelle with one L and then LAU for QVC. Yeah, LAU. So, and I'll put that in my show notes as well. Well, Michelle, I mean, we could Perfect. talk for like another hour or two, like we always do, but uh, our time has come <laughs> to an end. Uh, which, you know, so we'll have to do this again at some point, but, uh, you know, thank you so much for joining uh, me and my audience. And I've just had a great old time. It's just like good old days, good old times. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Until next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Million Dollar Hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help you turn your hobby into a million dollars and to download Victoria's free ebook on passion-based business ideas, visit milliondollarhobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player.